Welcome to the Geeky Side. I'm your host, Tyra Burton, and we're going to be exploring the inner geek of our guest each and every week. And this week, we have an old friend of mine with us. Matter of fact, he was my first podcasting partner. His name is Brian. I used to call him Gareth because that's who he was in the world of Warcraft. And today, we're going to talk about what does he geek out about. You're not going to be surprised that we're going to have some conversations about the Mets, Star Trek, and of course, Doctor Who. So get ready as we get our geek on on the geeky side so we're back on the geeky side i know you're shocked we've been a hot mess and gone for a while but i'm back and now the geeky side has gone through some changes we're going to be an interview show because the truth of the matter is i kind of want to be oprah Ellen and I don't know who else combined. I, you know, I just want my own nighttime TV show where I can interview the people that I want to. And of course, who would I think about interviewing for my first The Geeky Side? Let's get our geek on interview. I had to go back to where it all began. And that's with my first podcasting partner, Mr. Brian Flatley. Hi. Hello. I don't think I've ever said your whole full real name in a podcast before. Uh, pretty much no. No, no. He was Garyeth throughout our life recording Leveling Azeroth. And possibly I should ask him, if is it okay that I said your whole full name? Or should I go back and just, you know, buzz that out? Yeah. You'll tell me. Think on it. Ask your wife. Go to dinner. Let me I, know. You know. We'll be fine. I'll call you Garyeth the entire time. Just like I always did on Leveling Azeroth, except for when I called him Brian. <laughs> that is true. It's true. So Brian and I have been, or Gareth, or whoever this man is that I'm talking to, have been friends for, Brian, how long have we been friends? I, oh God. Okay, a frightening number of years. Let's just say that. It's not even years, it's decades. Yes, it's definitely decades. I, I mean, if you want to count the, the decades themselves, I, I think you don't want to count that. That would be, you know. I don't know. It can't be four. I'm only 53. 80s, 90s. Oh, decades. Yeah, no, that's true. But it's only, we've only, it sounds better now that I say we've known each other about 30 years. Right. That's a long time. True. Do you remember how we met? Um, I remember how I remember first seeing you. <laughs> okay, you go I first. I don't think, well, I'll, you, you really want me to go there? Okay. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> uh, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth and Star Trek The Next Generation was in its first season. Good old Star Trek. I was in a Star Trek fan club. I was actually, well, no, no, I wasn't. Starfleet, the International Star Trek Fan Organization. It's true, I still um, have my badge. Or actually, association, not organization. Oh, um, And was at a meeting. I was the chief of security. You can't see the air quotes because I can't, whatever. He air quoted. Let's just say that. Well, well yeah. And... I was giving a report or something, and I see this young couple in the back of the classroom at DeVry University. That's right. It was at DeVry. Out in and they were totally not paying attention to anybody no. 
but each other. I think that's a polite way of saying that they were sucking face. It was a short-term thing. Let's just say that. Well, that I'm not here to make judgments. It was my early 20s. Yeah. So there she was, sucking face. True. Though, now, how do you remember us meeting? I actually don't remember us meeting. I, you just entered my life and you were there. It's like you've always been there. But um, hilarious enough. Oh, that sounds very Doctor Who-ish. It does, doesn't it? Very ironically, I actually have a picture taken with the same gentleman that I was dating at the time um, that I took when we went to um, some festival at Peachtree Park or Piedmont Park. It, it was the Atlanta Arts Festival. Yes. And you're sitting at a Starfleet table with another mutual friend of ours who I dated. Briefly later. were engaged to. <laughs> Briefly were engaged to. That's a great way to put it. I it, I had a long, wonderful senior life, a sin, single life. I just want to say that. Senior um, life? Your senior life hasn't even started yet. It feels like it every day. <laughs> I mean, it's like the pandemic just threw me into it. So. Um, I did not get married until I was 41, so I dated some people before that. But um, he was sitting at the table next to you. That's but true. I didn't know who you were then, and when I found the picture later, I was like, oh, this is freaky. Like, I'm staring at a picture I took when I didn't know these two guys, and I end up dating one, and the other one ends up becoming my lifelong best guy friend ever. I think you know which one you are. Yes. <laughs> So we met in a very geeky way <laughs> and we outlasted Starfleet. Yes. And then there was the, Although they're still going strong. Apparently. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know they still existed. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, well, we might have to find out. Matter of fact, that's one of the geeky questions I have for you. So how excited are you about all the new Star Trek stuff? I have to tell you, I'm enjoying it because, you know, there are some people that are Star Wars. There are some people that are Star Trek. Uh, you know, a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. I don't care. It's all it's all music to me. You're Donnie and Marie. And, yeah, without all the weirdness they're in. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but which one do you lean no. more toward? That's that, you know, it's okay to love oh, both. Like, which one's got your heart? Honestly, Star Trek, because it's, I, I can't say it's less toxic, but it's less toxic. I would say the fan um, base is definitely less toxic. Oh my God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, the, the fan base, although there are, there are toxic Trek fans. Oh, there's toxic and everything, but I think it's... Uh, Less so but, than Star um, Trek. I mean, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've enjoyed Discovery. I really enjoy Strange New Worlds. Lower Decks is my guilty pleasure. And I have not watched the other one that I can't remember the name of, and it's going to drive me nuts, that's um, animated. Uh, well, CGI, not... Oh. Um, Animated, animated, and I'm going to sit here and He's going vamp to a little up, bit while I'm. Yes. Well, you know, I would Prodigy, say. Prodigy, I think it's called. That sounds right. Um, in the Star Trek, Star Wars thing, Shane and I love both as well. Um, but we lean more toward the Star Wars right now. 
on the Star Trek. So we are super behind. And one of my questions for you today was, where should we start if we're going to try to get some Star Trek in before Dragon Con? What should we look at? Uh, second season of Discovery. Okay. Did and we just then, skip the first season? Was it? <laughs> well, what I'm going to say is since most of the guests are either Strange New Worlds or really third season Discovery, mm-hmm. I would say what, definitely watch second season. There's probably a couple of episodes of second season you can watch that kind of set up Strange New Worlds. Um, and then third season discovery, there's multiple characters in there that are, um, that are guests at the convention. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to try to catch some, some Star Trek before then just to get, you know, into it. But it's exciting that there's actually new Star Trek that, um, is engaging and, and well done. Yes. And contrary to what William Shatner thinks, uh, Star Trek is not suddenly woke. It's been woke since he was actually in the series. So we'll just leave it there. I mean, I've heard that, but I didn't hear that he said that because that's. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's 90. The... I mean, when... well, that's oh. true. Okay. Okay. True. He, I, his age blows me away. Like, for the level of um, just level of activity and acumen and everything else, it just to be his age and be doing that is amazing. So, okay, I'll cut him some slack, but Star Trek has always been like pushing that, mm. that envelope. I yeah, mean, did, did he forget the kiss between himself and the, uh. or I guess the way we could look at it is that it's not a big deal, you know? How many interracial things do we have now? Uh, you yeah. know, so I, from that point of view, but they were the first, and his shell was just. Can we just fangirl on her for a moment? I miss her already. She's just such a she's yeah. such a light. I don't know if you saw the um, the latest, as we say, as we're you know about twenty days away from Dragon Con. They had a live show last night that they have the little dragon in the egg uh, stuff thing. They yes. had a naming contest for it. And uh, the winner is Na- was Naota, which is of course her first name. And I've just now made Tyra cry. And I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, well, not that I wasn't going to get the dragon to begin with. Let's just all be honest, but now I'll have to line up and get the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was, I, I was so glad she made it to dragon con in the last few years just to be a part of the parade before the crazy happened. As I refer to before the pandemic as the before times. Uh, pretty much. I think that is the accepted uh, um, naming convention. Naming convention. Yes. The before times. Yes. So I, it's wonderful. If you haven't been to Dragon Con, Brian and I are both from the Atlanta area and uh, it's awesome and everybody should come, but not at the same time. We've had that. And that was a lot of people. That was in the before times as well. <laughs> Though I hear yeah, they it. peaked at about about eighty thousand. That's the official word. That's not true. Yeah, I'm sure it was more than that, but I would say ninety-ish. Sure. Once you add in yeah. all the people that come down for the parade. Oh well, 
well, you're well over a hundred at that point. Yes. Well, so we know you love Star Trek and we know that's how you and I met, but what would you say is probably your biggest geek fandom? Now, are we talking sci-fi fantasy geeking or are we talking just overall geeking? In overall, overall geeking of the universe. Oh, well, that would have to be the sport of baseball. Yes, yes. Brian is um, obsessed. Trust me. I, I'm a very diehard New York Mets fan. I have been a diehard New York Mets fan my entire life. Um, I have suffered. I have been joyful. You have suffered. Well, mostly it's suffering. Mostly you've suffered. I'm sorry, but it's me, Meanwhile, every Cubs fan who's listening to this goes, yeah, cry me a river. And, well, the Red Sox fans are all like, yeah, well, we got, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. You guys are turning into Yankees fans. All right. <laughs> anyway. Did you marry a, a Mets fan? I did not. So that, that wasn't a requirement, which was good. No. And, and who because does she like? That would have been a major failure on <laughs> my part. Yes. She have an awesome wife. She just happens to be oh, a Yankees well, fan. You know, yes. We agree on the New York Giants. So, you know, that's how we coexist. Yeah, because every other New York team, they're not a single one. Not a single one. So why the Mets? I've never asked you that question. I know you're from the area, but outside of Um, that, why did the Mets and baseball become so important to you? Well, Mets because obviously I like pain and suffering, but (laughs) my parents were um, Brooklyn Dodgers fans. Um. And of course, when they moved to California, there was a lot of tears, gnashing, you know, garments rending and whatnot. And as my mother once told me, we were talking about the fact that, you know, we were Mets fans. And she said, you know, I really didn't take to the Mets at first because they weren't the Dodgers. And, you know, they were a team that was attracting, you know, both bereft fandoms because of course the San Francisco giants were also the previously the New York giants. That's right. That's right. And they both moved at the same time, the giants moving to San Francisco and obviously the Dodgers to Los Angeles and the Mets colors were chosen one because it's in the flag of the city of New York, orange, white, and blue. I didn't, I didn't know that. I, you know, it was a, it was a thing that it kind of escaped me, but officially the reason that it's orange, white, and blue is because the blue is taken from the Dodger blue and the orange is taken from the orange of the San Francisco Giants. Oh. And here we go. You, you really you started down this road. I'm, I'm just going to keep going. This is what geeking the, is all about, people. If you look at an old New York Giants cap, the script of the NY on the cap is precisely the same as the ny on the new york mets cap oh yeah no i i knew that part for some reason so it's that. well there's that so you became a mets fan obviously because you got deserted two teams right and what kept it going all these years i just i just love baseball and i am a 
I enjoyed the Braves run in the nineties and it was because, a good run because baseball, but yeah, that's, it's okay. We don't root for like, the home team either. So and technically, and don't tell your husband this, of course. Oh no, yeah. he will never hear this. Yeah. Mets Mets hate the Cardinals. And actually in the 80s, the feeling was mutual. So why do the Mets hate the Cardinals? Um, multiple reasons. Okay. Mostly um, your your husband's second favorite St. Louis Cardinal, Adam Wainwright. Oh yeah. No, he loves and him. your husband's favorite Cardinal, Yadi or Molina. Oh, that's my favorite Cardinal. I think yeah. this probably would be Ozzie Smith, actually. Well, yeah. I, I just meant of current players. Of current players, yeah. No, I would agree with that. Because I actually think he might put Rain White first. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm the, I, I love Yachty. Well, mostly because when, Yachty hit a home run after game six of the 2006 um, National League Championship. But... The actual rivalry actually goes back to the 80s when they were in the same division. And the Cardinals were good first, you know, uh, 83, 84, 85. The Mets then started surging forward because they had some of the greatest players of the 80s on that team. And there was a lot of back and forth between the two teams about who was better. And, and that and, makes great baseball. I mean, to right, me, it does. Right. No, rivalries are great. Um, you know, the current Mets-Braves rivalry is... Um, Astronomical right at this moment. It, it, well, it's 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 been revived in the last couple of years. Um, it really peaked in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, um, but yeah... Recently, right. it's been a little more interesting. Yes. And why was it being so interesting right now? Well, it's because the as, as we speak, as we record this, the Mets <laughs> have a seven-game lead over the Atlanta Braves. And last weekend, they won four out of five games, taking a three, yeah, it was three and a half game lead and making it bigger. A lot more. And uh, so... This is huge right now, and we were hoping that the – as not – we love the Braves, but I feel pity for Brian. Um, hoping that they don't tank at the end of the season. That's what – we just got to keep driving it forward. Uh, yes. Trust me, 2008 and 2009 are still on the back of my head. Living there rent-free. <laughs> as they 17 and a half, 17 and a half get in 2008 – dropped it down to knocked out on the last day. Okay. Let's just take a moment to, to mourn that. And then we're going to be Elsa and we're going to let it go and but hope for the, f- I did it. I did enjoy 2011 when, although the Braves did get robbed in 2011, but I'm just going to leave that there. No, uh, there's, okay. there's an umpire that shall remain CB Buckner that <laughs> made an out call that, should not have been made, um, thereby sealing the Braves' fate. But you know, hey, they collapsed too, so it's kind of like easy. 
true. The Braves do do that a lot. And actually, Atlanta teams do that a lot. Let's not even talk football. I'm um, not even going to mention the Falcons because that's, that's just too late. That's, that's it's just, just beating yeah. a dead horse. It's true. So I, I agree. If it, so, if you're at trivia night and there's baseball trivia, Brian's going to know it. Mm. Just, oh, okay. Mm. Nine times out of ten. I put money on you. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Wow, he's hedging his bets. Okay, so but if it was Mets trivia, I'm down with it. Yeah, yeah, nine out of ten. So Star- there's always that random one that will be like, oh, that guy. Guy. Oh, I forgot. Didn't he like him anyway. So we're going to hope Mets have a good season at the end. And we know you love Star Trek, but I also know you, that you love another fandom quite a lot. Doctor Who. Hey, Doctor Who. Anyway, yes. So how did you get into Doctor Who? Um, the very first time I ever saw Doctor Who, was I don't remember the year, but I was visiting... Um, my family in New Jersey and I was visiting friends in my old neighborhood and they were watching um, an episode of Dr. Who. And I was like, what, what in the world is this? And in retrospect, I can tell you the exact episode it was. Wow. Um, well, it's one of the few um, episodes in the Tom Baker era that was actually only um, two episodes. And now, of course, I'm totally... Bl- oh, the Centauran experiment. That was what There I you was. go. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. You know, this is weird. Okay. Weird fast is a good to way my, to describe. <laughs> fast forward to my college freshman year and... Um, my roommate was a big Doctor Who fan. Oh. And he was like, oh, you know, we got to find out what channel it's on because I know they, they play it. And I said, well, I know, you know, New Jersey's um, public broadcasting does show it. But we also could get Philadelphia's. Well, we were in south of Philly. So they showed it after Monty Python's Flying Circus, which, you know, of course, made me happy. I was right to say, and another fandom that you love. Yes. Um, and so now I don't remember the exact episode this was, but I do remember my first reaction when I saw it was, that's not the guy that I saw playing the doctor. Yes. And it was John Pertwee who was actually preceded Tom Baker. Oh, and well, I I know it's the doctor. Right. And so I, that's how I got hooked in was, was through John Pertwee. So, you know, the, there's a, there's an old thing of you never forget your first. And it's true. So John Pertwee's mine, which, you know, later on down the line, you know, he, he was kind of my, um, measuring stick for everybody else who has come to play the doctor afterwards. So my first doctor is Tom Baker. But, and that's not surprising because his, he had the longest run as the doctor. Yes. 
And public um, broadcasting. I mean, can we just like take a minute to appreciate public broadcasting? Because that's, I think, the biggest way Doctor Who spread. Yes. And Monty Python, for that matter, and Faulty Towers, and oh, all the British. Faulty Towers. Because <laughs> <laughs> so there's see... a wonderful, there's a wonderful crossover of, um, actually, of Monty Python slash Faulty Towers and Doctor Who. Because there was a an episode of Doctor Who where uh, John Cleese was actually in the Louvre and they were, he and this other character were, were admiring this painting and the TARDIS materializes and the doctor, you know, runs out and they then um, make some sort of uh, analysis of, of the TARDIS itself, which is, if you don't know, is an old London police box, which. A blue if, London police box. Blue. Well, yes. And if you've never seen one, and you have never seen Doctor Who, I urge you to do it. Um, But I will tell you now, but I will tell you now, start with what is lovingly referred to as New Who, which is Mm -hmm. started in 2000... Something. something, Eccleston? With Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston. Yeah. I'm Um, looking up what it is. I don't know. It just did some... uh, uh, weird things to me what season what doctor are we on now uh we are going we are late 13th doctor going into the 14th doctor doctor. okay and that's i mean to me that's one of the crazy things about doctor who is that's how many times that character has changed actors and a funny story about that is when william hartnell was the original actor to portray the doctor and his health was declining and the BBC was like, well, we can't just end the show. Although it's not like they ever actually threw money at the show until. No, you could tell that. Yeah, no, you could definitely Um, tell that. They said, well, we can do this thing because he's an alien where, you know, he, he regenerates and, you know, and changes appearance. And so that's how, they can recast the part without, you know, totally throwing everything off the rails and having everybody's personality be different. Well, and, and they've been, at times they've been very successful at it. Um, at times they haven't been successful at it or they haven't taken full advantage of what they have. Who, I would say they haven't taken full advantage and really, you know, everybody d- has dumped on Jodie Whittaker, which is, Patently unfair because she's great. Her stories suck. Um, And that's a a little bit of her predecessor, Peter Capaldi, kind of suffered from the same thing because I think it was late in Stephen Moffat's thing. And he's just kind of like, it was almost like he was phoning it in. But I think also they weren't sure exactly what to do with him. Because if you ever watch the show that he Capaldi did before he did Dr. Who you, you, you're well, first your ears are going to bleed from all the obscenities, but, um, Oh no, it's a great character. I love Uh, obscenity. Oh, he, he weaves obscenities like a, uh, like a weaver. Awesome. But, um, 
<laughs> Do we know the name of the show? Kind of stumbled, um, well, there's a movie called um, In the. I think it's In the Loop. I can. I'm look, We're both looking up now. Is this not hilarious? So, I actually thought he was a mistake to cast as the Doctor. I don't, but only because he. Re- I think it's because he also kind of um, played it like the aforementioned um, John Pertwee, but although that was really kind of not true, but actually the show was called The Thick of It. Okay. And yeah, Tapestry of Four Little Words. How exciting. My thing was you'd had a bunch of doctors who were very appealing to a certain demographic. Oh, yes. We we all know about the... The, the young girls and they're swooning over David Tennant and and Matt Smith and Eccleson. I mean, all three of them. Well, true. true. Well, you know, Matt obviously being the youngest. Uh, true. Matt Smith but was only like 29 ish. I don't know. think he was like, that old. Sounds like 12 to me at this point, but yes. Everybody under 30 is 12. To 12 me. I know. <laughs> This is horrible thing. Um, but yeah, I thought that it was an interesting choice given they built up this fan base to cast him. And I often think that maybe Jody would have been a better cast then because then that fan base would have seen themselves in her. They, they, they Fans were never ready for a female doctor and they okay. were definitely not ready when um, and that Heavy breathing was not me. That was my dog, Charlie. Um, I still don't think they're ready for a woman, but. Well, we're moving on. Yes. An openly gay black male, which I think is awesome because I love his character from sex education. And if he's even half as entertaining as that, they're in for good. They're in for good run. Awesome. So um, we know who your favorite Doctor Who is. Do you have a, um, out of the new Doctor Who's, which one was your favorite? Uh, Capaldi has a special place in my heart because he has one of the greatest speeches in all of Doctor Who. Some people say that there's better ones, but um there's one where he's talking about war and this is a point of doctor in the doctor's evolution where he had um, basically had to destroy Gallifrey, which wasn't, which they retconned, but um, basically talking, he is still PTSD from the time war with the Daleks because he had to do a bunch of stuff that really wasn't very much in keeping with what he felt he should be. And he did not call himself the doctor at that point. Oh, I think there was a lot of depth to his character as his portrayal of Dr. Who that maybe hadn't existed for a while in terms of like, you could see that like he had wounds and they were deep wounds. Oh yeah. Well, Eccleston's was yes. raw PTSD. And Tenet was kind of a, I won't say an antithesis, but more of a, 
I'm getting better, but there's still this undercurrent of pain. And then Smith is like, I'm going to deal with this pain. And then Capaldi was like, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you about my pain. My pain. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. And then Jody happened. Yeah. And I don't really mind some of the stuff they did about Jody because, I mean, originally the way they had set it up was the doctor, you know, Time Lords can only regenerate 12 times. Well, when they went to the 13th doctor, they kind of had to break that rule, especially when they threw in the the war doctor with John Hurt, who was between who's been sandwiched in between Paul McGann and Christopher Eccleston. Um, and if you're and confused, great, don't worry, don't, don't worry about it. It's it, it, time is a flat circle to steal from a different uh, TV show. Um, you just have to start watching Dr. Who and just kind of go with it. If you're going to watch Doctor Who, I would suggest you start with Eccleston and the episode grows. And if you have HBO Max, it's all there. Yeah, I I definitely, starting with Eccleston is a beautiful thing to do. Um, I think old Doctor Who is a required, is an acquired taste. And a testament to patience because they, they were more interested in having episodes and less in having resolutions to episodes because they would do multi-part episodes and they would do, they had to do roughly 25 minutes of an episode, you know, per episode. And so they would pad these stories out. It was padded. And, and bad special effects. Going back. Oh, bad special effects are like Rick Derek Air. So totally. just watch new Doctor Who if you're just getting into it and then take a gentle step. We can cherry pick you can cherry pick some of the, the older stuff. So yeah, and I there are plenty of fan sites that will tell you which ones to cherry pick. <laughs> yes. And I agree with most of them. So we know Doctor Who, Star Trek, definitely the Mets. So what are like right at this minute, this very second? What are you geeking out about the most? I am, a, I'm late to the party, but I am obsessed with, um, and I'm totally blanking on the name. This is how we know we're getting older. We can't remember anything. <laughs> I'm totally geeking out about something I can't remember because. Animal it, Crossing. Oh, that's right. Totally, I am late to the party. I, I mean, it was. It was the, you know, it was the, it was the hip thing to do for the, you know, during the, pandemic. the early stages of the pandemic. And now it's like, oh yeah, I got a switch about a year ago. And first thing I got was Animal Crossing and I haven't stopped playing. It's adorable. I, I played heavily and then I stopped. And of course, then Brian got one. So I need to get back on the, the trail and pay my mortgage. And, and my I should probably come visit your island with just nothing but a bags of money so you can pay off your mortgage. That would be awesome. By the way, the because, best thing to have at Animal Crossing are friends with money. Yes, especially when they have eight figures of, of money. 
Okay, give me some of that. <laughs> so if you haven't played Animal Crossing, it's like this game that you grow things, you collect things, you pay a mortgage, um, <laughs> you Think take out a home. with cute little with cute little uh, yes. animals. The characters are definitely more entertaining. I would say that. So, who's your favorite on Animal Crossing? Oh well, of my originals. Um, I love Sherb. Very Sherb. Sherb's kind of like your kid brother who, I don't want to say it that way, but yeah, he's, he's, he's your kid brother who you're like going, he's either really, yeah, okay, sure. We'll just leave it at that. I like the little girl inside the, the building, the one that does the mm-hmm. daily announcements. Yeah. I like her. She makes me happy. And Brewster, our lovely caffeine provider. Have you, have you gotten all the, the tchotchkes from him yet? No. Or drinking all the coffee? I drink a lot of coffee. I need to go drink some more. Because he'll give you stuff. That, like know. a coffee maker. and I don't have the coffee, coffee maker. Pot. You don't have the coffee maker? I don't oh, think so. You, you haven't drank enough coffee then. I'll go drink more coffee. So this is what you do in Animal Crossing. You build a museum, you collect artifacts, and you drink coffee. And try not to buy forged artwork from Red. He is so bad. So it's really a game that teaches children about life and possibly some of us adults too. So, Especially when you forget that you'd already purchased a piece of artwork that was genuine. I'm not really sure how I could have two genuine um, Van Goghs. That's true. You know. Here we are. Maybe Van Gogh painted too. Or, you know, Red has a connection with Doctor Strange. I don't know. Oh, that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) So, Brian, thanks for coming and talking about all the things that you love that are geeky. It's always good to get on a mic with us. And who knows what could happen in the future with uh, Mr. Gareth and I. I'll try not to call you Brian, but I'm going to anyway. At least I'm predictable. And we only narrowly touched on world of warcraft which is amazing for the two of us i know which is sad so we'll have a whole nother episode where we talk about world of warcraft after i get start back playing before the expansion happens yes which means i got to do that soon so world of warcraft coming up in our future but for now thanks for visiting the geeky side oh and brian thanks yes thanks for being oh you're welcome sure uh i'm supposed to convince you that we need chinese Oh, okay. His wife just texted me. (laughs) Let me go talk to my husband. (laughs) So, you know how geeks communicate? We send text messages to each other. So, there we go. So, thank you, Brian. We'll have you back again. And don't, don't forget to subscribe because we need that. And I'll see you next time on the geeky side.